We are joined on the line by Matthew Piper, who covers the Utah Utes for the Salt Lake Tribune. Matt, uh, Utah exceeded expectations early on this season by winning six of its first seven games, but uh, the Utes have now lost three of their last four contests. Is that just a result of the schedule getting tougher, or have there been uh, some other issues Utah has been facing as of late? You know, the schedule getting tougher is probably the biggest piece of that, and then uh, injuries have kind of played a played a role too, which they do for all teams, but Utah's lost a few key players. Um, and, you know, to a degree that I think the Magic sort of ran out, you know, they were uh, in a few games that maybe they had no business being in uh, when you look at the total yards and the stats like that, and they were able to kind of pull it out and, and uh, you know, get a key stop and, and come up with a key drive when they needed, needed it. And, uh Against Arizona, that didn't happen. You know, against Oregon, that didn't happen so much. So, uh, you know, Utah's a team that's on the, the rise. Apparently, this year was a much better year than the last two. But I do think that sort of reality caught up to him in these later weeks. Kyle Whittingham has obviously enjoyed a lot of success as Utah's head coach, uh, 83 wins in 10 seasons. You kind of mentioned that this, this season has been better than previous seasons since they joined the Pac-12. Uh, they have a chance to, to have a winning conference mark for the first time since joining the Pac-12. Uh, Matt, was Whittingham starting to feel any pressure coming into this season, and would a 5-4 and four conference mark remove any pressure that he might have been facing? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know, at least locally here in the media, the expectation was, um, you know, that Utah is going to have a tough, tough time making a bowl game with the schedule that they've had. And, you know, he's done that and, and more. And, you know, he has the potential to have eight wins in the, the regular season if he can win in Boulder and, you know, then, then uh, go to a, a decent bowl game at least and, and go for his ninth win. So if he were to, to end the season with eight or nine wins, that would, that would pretty far exceed the expectations here locally. And there was a lot of buzz about what would happen if he didn't get to a bowl game for a third straight year because, you know, after, uh, you know, 10 years straight or so of going to bowl games, that's, that had become an expectation of Utah fans. Uh, you know, Mountain West, Pac-12, it didn't matter. They, they thought that they were at least a team that ought to be, uh, you know, playing in the postseason. Quarterback Travis Wilson has only thrown four picks through 11 games as a junior. Uh, when you look back, he threw 22 interceptions as an underclassman. But then his passing yards are down this season. Is Utah just more comfortable with him being a game manager type rather than a creator and playmaker behind center? This has been a strange season for the offense, you know, because they brought in Dave Christensen, who was Wyoming's head coach, and, and had a lot of success with his spread offense at Missouri. Uh, and it was thought that this was going to be a real up-tempo offense and they were just going to be doing quick passes and taking what the defense gave them and, and they'd be gunning for 100 plays or so a game. And they've not done that at all. What they've done is they've relied on uh, Devontae Booker, their junior running back, and, and just tried to control the time of possession and limit the, the possessions for each team. Uh, it's been, been night and day what we've seen on the field uh, now here in late fall from what we saw in spring and, and uh, um, fall camp. And I guess this is all just a long way of saying I, I'm not exactly sure what happened uh, to change coaches' minds, but what Travis Wilson is doing is, is uh, you know sort of a, a very limited imitation of what he was doing last year. They're not throwing it across the, the middle very much. Uh, they're kind of going to the sidelines and, and taking maybe one or two deep shots a game. 
It's a very, very conservative game plan, and that's why I think the, the interceptions are down, and it's also why the, the passing yards are down. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Devontae Booker. Colorado's coaches and players have been uh, talking highly of him this week. He ranks second in the conference in rushing, and with a big week in Boulder this week, could actually jump ahead of Paul Perkins in that category. Uh, could you talk a little bit about his emergence uh, this season and you know what makes him a difficult back to stop? He's just great. In spring, um, going back again to spring, he, watching him, it was clear to to pretty much all the observers very, very quickly that he was something a little bit special. Um, he, he just kind of has it all, to, to be honest. He's 5'11". Uh, you know, I think he's listed at about 200 pounds, so he's not huge, but he's he's a bruiser. Um, he, he seeks out contact, and he looks to be uh, sort of the the guy who wins that battle in the, the first collision, and then he stays on his feet, and he's he's really fast if you give him uh, some space too. So he, I don't know if Utah coaches knew exactly what they were getting in him. Uh, you know, they say they do, but uh, he, he surprised a lot of people and is uh, one of Utah's better players without a doubt. Just moving over to the defensive side of the ball now, uh, you look at the Utes and they, they lead the conference in sacks, led by Nate Orchard. Uh, Utah's had some some good defensive lines in the past. Where, where does this year's group uh, stack up? Pretty high, although the last few weeks, you know, you asked kind of what has changed. That That's actually a factor I probably ought to have mentioned. Uh, the defensive line, they, they lead the nation in sacks. So, so what they're doing uh, is pretty good. And, you know, the last few weeks, maybe not as good. Uh, relative to what they were doing earlier in the season, but they haven't been uh, getting as many sacks per game, and the front seven uh, as a whole has had a tough time stopping teams rushing attacks. How has Utah's secondary performed overall this season? Is there a playmaker or two in that group Colorado fans should know about uh, for, for this week's game? Uh, they've performed pretty well. Yeah, they've got a guy who was playing wide receiver in fall camp who they moved to cornerback after an injury, Dominic Hatfield who's been going one-on-one with, uh, you know, opponent's top receivers. I'm guessing he's going to be the guy who'll be on Nelson Spruce. Uh, and he's been pretty tough. You know, he hasn't gotten a lot of attention, but uh, you might want to keep an eye on him. He's number 15. He's a smaller guy, but he's really physical. And then uh, Eric Rowe, is, uh, they moved him from, from safety to cornerback with the idea that he's one of the bigger guys who, who might have a chance at playing in the NFL corner, and he's been solid this year, too. Utah ranks at or near the top in, in every statistical category as far as special teams go. Uh, in, in between punt returns and kick returns, Kalen Clay has taken four back to the end zone this season. Is anyone still kicking the ball to Clay at this point? They are. And against uh, Arizona, he actually had what would have been an 87-yard punt return touchdown called back after a hold uh, before he even caught the ball. Uh, he, he's... He's a threat for sure, but he, he hasn't scored, I think, simply because teams are, are looking at the tape and realizing it's more of a, uh, a priority to, to corner him. But he, he, he's still on the verge of breaking through a couple times a game, it seems like. We're talking with Matthew Piper, who covers the Utah Utes for the Salt Lake Tribune. Matt, uh, they, they've coined it the Rumble in the Rockies, and, and Colorado's coaches are trying to talk this up to be a rivalry game. Uh, we've seen some close matchups between these two teams since they both joined the Pac-12 in 2011, but it just doesn't quite feel like a true rivalry yet. H- how do you view this game from a rivalry standpoint, and how do you think the, the Utah fan base seems to approach this game? I, I think the Utah fan base, to be honest, doesn't like hearing that it's a rivalry. Um, 
You know, I I think to outsiders that it makes sense that it would be a rivalry because, you know, Colorado and Utah are right next to each other, and there are two teams that entered the Pac-12 at the same time. So uh, there are two teams that kind of fall into the same category for outsiders. But, yeah, Utah fans, uh, they, they'd rather have uh, UCLA or USC be their rival, quite frankly. And, uh, you know, Utah, Utah players say, say sort of the same thing. It, it feels a little bit manufactured. And, you know, I imagine it's, it's probably the same in, in Colorado. Isn't, uh, Colorado State and Nebraska, you know, a much bigger deal there? It, it, I, BYU's Utah's rival, uh, you know, Utah State to an extent even is, is probably more of a rival. But, uh, as you said, it has been a competitive game. And if, if, uh, you know, Colorado can, can, uh, sort of end Utah's season on a down note, then next year it'll be, uh, even more important to beat Colorado, at least for whatever that's worth. Yeah, I think you hit that on the head. It does feel a little bit manufactured. Uh, you talked about the the injury situation that that has affected Utah recently. Who are those guys that that, that are banged up? Are, are there some injuries of note for this week's game? Um, you know, the new injury for this week's game. The only one that I know of is sophomore Hunter Dimmick. He's got ten sacks on the opposite side of Nate Orchard. He's been uh, he's been really really good. And Coach Whittingham said yesterday that he's 50-50. We don't even know what's wrong with him. But whatever's wrong with him, he, I, I think it's probably likely that he's going to play. Uh, the, the bigger injuries um, in, in the past few weeks have been Drez Anderson, senior wide receiver, uh, last week um, linebacker Johnny Paul, who had four interceptions and was one of Utah's best playmakers who shut down for the season. And then free safety, Kevin Carter, a, a one-to-play one guy, uh, who I think will get a medical red shirt now, uh, was a was a really, really good player for Utah early in the season that they lost, and, and that had kind of a a, uh, um, a cascading effect, I guess, on the, the defensive depth chart. Before I let you go, lastly here, uh, how do you see U- Utah matching up against Colorado in this one, and, and what's your prediction for the game? I don't You know, I, I think it's going to be close. I, I want to say the line was something like nine points, uh, but it, it's Colorado's a dangerous team. You know, they've been in a lot of close games, and they have a lot to play for. I think Utah, there is a danger of, of after having seen things kind of fall apart in the Arizona game, uh, Utah being in sort of an emotional letdown state. And, uh, you know, I, I know coaches are guarding against that, and, and Utah on paper maybe should be Colorado. But I, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I won't make a prediction, but I, I would not be shocked at all to see uh, – see the Buffaloes pull that one out. That was Matthew Piper, who covers the Utah Utes for the Salt Lake Tribune. Excellent insight into the Buffs' final opponent of the uh, 2014 season. Matt, uh, thanks for coming on the show. All right, thank you.